Hey everyone, welcome to Spooky Appalachia. Uh, we're here with Jared and Julie today, which you all have seen both of them before a couple times. Um, so we're going to do something new today, something we've never done before, and that is an interview with uh, someone who's had an experience. And this particular experience is one we've covered a few times. Uh, a lot of you newer people probably have never heard it. Um, it's an experience Julie had at St. Albans. We featured it as a story last Halloween. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite stories of all time. Um, okay. So first, um, we've got a list of questions. Um, the first one is, uh, Julie, can you give us a quick rundown on, uh, St. Albans? Why it's so special? Um, well, St. Albans was originally built in 1892 up on a bluff over top of the New River in current day Radford, well, Fairlawn, Virginia. Yeah. It was originally built as a, a private preparatory school for wealthy boys, mostly from the South. They, um, it had a really good reputation for a while, but um, it quickly turned bad because it, it became the jocks versus you know the more brainier kids mm -hmm. and a lot of bullying went on and it spread out of the school out into the town of Radford um, and eventually it got to be such a bad reputation that you know all the good people quote unquote didn't want to send their you know their sons to the school so then the school ended up closing down the building set basically empty for a few years and then it was opened back up and I believe it was 1916. Uh, uh, Dr. King come in and bought it and opened it up. He had an idea of, um, he worked at other psychiatric facilities and the treatment back then was, you know, really barbaric. Mm -hmm. They basically would just treat it like zoo animals. And he had a theory that if you treated the person like, you know, in a good way, like family and having like a home atmosphere, not just in cages, that it, you know, it could help them better. But, you know, I believe he was on to something there. So that was his dream, and he got some investors together, and they opened it up. They didn't; they were so short on money, they couldn't even afford new letterheads, so they kept the name St. Albans from the school because there was still a letterhead with St. Albans. And so then it functioned as a, I think it was like January 1916 or 17, they admitted their first patients, a lot of alcohol treatment. Then it really just kind of evolved into, you know, not just for psychiatric issues, it was for, if he was homeless, there was a place to stay. You know, if families, they had too many mouths to feed and they couldn't feed the children, they would take children there and, you know, drop them off and they would live there. Um, but the, the place, um, it was overcrowded, had a lot of overcrowding. But everybody there had a job to do. They, they farmed their own food. They had their own dairy cattle. They had their own grapes. I mean, they, they grew everything. Matter of fact, they were so successful with their gardening that during the Depression, they basically kept the people in Radford alive with food I, because yeah, they had. I'd heard you know, that too. Yeah, well, I guess of course. I've so heard a lot I, of it. I've been there so many times. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> so it, it was stayed privately owned up until I want to say like maybe the nineties, and then a hospital network bought it out, and then eventually just got too old to be um, upgraded and updated and kept current. But while I was a hospital, they were kind of considered cutting edge and for the times, but they would, you know, now it's, 
you know, we look at it and I go, yikes, can't believe they did that because they would, you know, electroshock therapy, which back then it was this experimental. Now they know where to set the voltage and all that stuff. So, but back then it was just try, try this and see what works. Then they'd also would do um, hydrotherapy, which is where they put them in these tubs with water and cover them. And then it could be days at a time, maybe. And they would like do hot water and then do cold water. And then they would do insulin shock therapy where they would purposely put them into an insulin shock and then bring them out of it. I think their theory was if you could shock the system, it would, you know, knock you out of whatever psychiatric or disorder or whatever was going on with you. You know, today that sounds crazy. I mean, no pun intended. It just sounds just wild that they would do that to people. But back then they were, you know, that was kind of cutting edge technology. And it was a, a big step up from just throwing them in cages and treating them like, you know, like animals or something. Yeah, because there was one time in history where they thought it was demons. Yep. You know, yes. Affecting yes. people. And there's nothing, no kind of uh, uh, physical or any kind of, you know, uh, mental, you know, problems you know going on inside you know it was demons yeah so you know so for his times i mean you know it sounds bad now looking at you know from today's point of view but back then it, it was he was a much more humane treatment mm -hmm. you know and, and they would actually set up um as ones that were healthy enough and able to they had a dining hall they had you know with the meals were served with linens and you know in china, fine china and they had tea in the afternoon i mean it was you know i think they tried what they could do but, but meanwhile they were like torturing people to try yeah, to help them but so yeah if you if you look at some of the other places from back then it, those were way worse than st albans was that's i mean that, yeah like dejournet somewhere like that yeah, was horrible for people there, there'd be it'd be spent for you know uh 30,000 people and they'd have 80. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, there'd be like all these people. I, I heard about one that got shut down. There was like feces in the floor and everybody had clothes. And, oh, gosh. Yeah. It was, it was, just, it was just bad. And, you know, and this really sad thing is, you know, back in those days, it really didn't take a whole lot to, to get put into a facility like that, especially yeah. if you were a woman. I mean, yeah. it could be something like, you know, okay, my husband's tired of me and he's got a, you know, a new girlfriend or whatever. And he's got to get rid of me. So, okay, she's crazy and lock her away because women were yeah. kind of property, basically. And that happened a lot when we were put in there, you know, postpartum depression. That would get you... Mm -hmm put into a facility like that, you know, it's all kinds of things like that. It didn't take much really. Um, Maybe Mike could have been a, a woman and had too many opinions and it wasn't allowed. Oh, yeah. So they might you know, <laughs> put you away for it. You know? yeah. I had to calm about my wife. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hear bad news about Jimmy one day. Ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy will be missed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm me, floating in the new river. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, Jared, do you want to, uh, do you want to? Uh, yeah. Um, Julie, what do you think made you want to volunteer? Well, what got me started up there is, well, when I was a kid, we used to go to haunted houses. 
during Halloween every year and just loved that stuff. And my mom, she was one of those. She loved like horror movies and things like that. And I kind of inherited that big Stephen King fan and everything. And mm-hmm. I'd always wondered what it would be like to, you know, to work in a haunted house like that. And the year before I got to St. Albans, it was just kind of a fluke. A friend of mine knew somebody that was going to open a haunted house down in Roanoke. And there's a group called Haunted Star City. So I went down there. I really didn't think they was going to bring me in because I had zero experience, you know, at doing that. But kind of got my feet wet there. They opened one year and then didn't open back up anymore. And I thought, well, that was a cool experience. And I kind of sad I'll never get to do it again. But then late summer of the following year, uh, a fellow actor I worked with at Haunted Star City contacted me through Facebook Messenger and wanted to know if I could do him a favor. Him, his fiance, they were wanting to get married and they were into like the corpse bride and all that. And they had talked to the director at St. Albans about see if they could get married up there. And they, they need to go up there and talk to her. And they lived the other side of Roanoke and neither one of them drove. So they said, could, would you give us a ride? So I'm like, okay, I've heard of the, the building. So I said, I want to go get a peek at this place. So I said, sure. So I picked them up. Took them up there before it was said and done. Ended up being talked in. I was going to be the maid of honor, and they made a deal instead of them paying to use the facility. And as soon as they found out we had were scare actors for at haunted houses, Marcel, the director, she made a bargain. How about instead of you know paying them money, then they would have the wedding. What they would do is they're going to do a Halloween night, and that year the start of the route was going in through the grand staircase door, so you're right there on the big porch. And the plan was they were going to get married there on the porch. And, of course, you know, they, I'd be one of the witnesses and we'd all be in costume. And then we would go through and get go through the haunted house. But then in exchange for the use of the facility for them to get married, um, we would act for one night to, you know, help them out. So I was like, okay. Well, that sounded great until about two weeks or so before we were supposed to get started. And I got to thinking about, I'd heard rumors about this place being haunted and all that. And I started getting scared. And I was like, well, I don't want to go in there and be in this dark place and get scared and go running out of there and embarrass myself and everybody else. So I ended up calling up there and I asked, can I come in, you know, just early and just trying to give it a try for a night. And went up there and I, and I, I loved it. I mean, I had some crazy, the very first night I had an experience in there. But I think what drew me in once I got over the initial fear of it, the curiosity kicked in because, you know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to, you know, debunk and explain these strange things that I'm seeing, experiencing, you know, going on in there. But I actually was just supposed to go up there and act one night, one Halloween night. And um, I got sucked into that place. I don't know. It, it, I think it does call to people. I think pretty much every volunteer up there has a story of how they got, you know, sometimes are really convoluted stories of how they ended up at St. Albans and tend, we just, we tend to stay when we get there because it, the building is just, I've never seen anything or experienced any place like it. I mean, and I've been to a few other places and it's just, I tell you, I went in there and I was always open-minded, but a little skeptical. I'm still a skeptic. I'm a skeptical believer at this point, but I have experienced so many things in there that, before that, I'd have been like, okay, maybe, or maybe you're drunk or something, you know, but then got an experience and then other people are experiencing it. And so I'm at the point now, I'm open, I believe anything. If you tell me you've seen this or that, I'm like, you may have, I don't know, because, um, 
you know, I just learned that the things you thought always thought weren't possible, you know, there you are. You experience it in there, and it's just. And they'll make sure that you know they're there too, especially, you know, like just a regular work day or something. They're sweeping a the floor or something. I've had some of my wildest experiences just on a work day. They just like they gotta let you know that they're there. You know, I've had little pebbles thrown at me. I've, my hair. I used to mess with my hair all the time. Um, have heard my name called. I've heard screams out, and I don't know. It's just these things, and then just with me. Um, I don't know what it says about me, but. The more it happened, the more curious I would get about it. And, you know, so now I'm trying to go replicate that and see if it'll happen again. So <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on in this building. And I still don't have any answers. I probably have more mm -hmm. questions now than I ever did. But um, I always thought before I was open-minded, but I'm way more open-minded now than I was, you know, 10 years ago. Well, um, you, uh, you actually went into our follow-up question about if you feel called uh do you want to go ahead and um or felt called sorry um do you want to go ahead and tell us about this awesome story that you have from st albans from working there okay sure i will all right so it was this was um 2014 and uh it was this particular night this was later in the season this was the actual halloween weekend and I was up on the, uh, they had put, placed me up on a set up on the second floor hallway up above, it's called the King Center. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, Jimmy, but you remember when we went to the top of the Grand Staircase and you go mm -hmm. all the way around behind it and there's a long hallway, went all the way down from one end all the way to the other. Mm -hmm. But in the middle, there was this open area where the rocker room was at. So my set was from the rocker room and then on down the hallway. And then I had a, another guy that was working that, idea was they come by and we jump out or do whatever scare them send them on their way downstairs so we had been doing that i'll tell you the first night i was up there i was scared to even go down the hallway the hallway is a patient patient rooms on each side and i was so scared of that building i was scared to go in those dark rooms I, <laughs> wow. then you know after a couple of nights i got brave there was the one room i, I felt comfortable in. i don't even know why but i was like okay i'll do this one and it was great because this room, the door from where vandals had been in there, it was this big, huge hole locked in the door. I mean, it was big enough I could stick my head through. And so I came up with this idea. I'd go in that room and shut the door, and I'd wait until the people would come down the hallway. Then I'd pop my head out through this hole and, you know, say something crazy or, um, you know, scream, make some kind of sound and scare them. And then I would fling the door open and run out and chase them down the hallway. You know, and it worked great. And I start, you know, the more you scare people, the more fun it gets. Mm -hmm. So then we get to the Halloween weekend. And my youngest daughter was going to come through the haunted house. And she had just started dating a new new guy. We'd never met him. And so they were going to go up and come through that night. And so that that's how my, my one son-in-law met me. I scared him in a haunted, <laughs> haunted house. But they came down the hallway. It was getting close to closing time. It was probably about 30 minutes before we was due to close. And that night it was cold. It was raining. You know, it was just a, you know, just one of those kind of nights. Everybody coming through had on hats and jackets and stuff. So I'm standing there and I could hear a group coming. So I get ready with the door closed. And I hear the group coming and I hear, I hear my daughter giggling. So I, I recognized her giggles. So I was like, 
you know, here we go. But before she came, she was telling me about, you know, her boyfriend. You know, a lot of people, they're like, that stuff's not scary and everything. And so she was like, Mama, you got to try to scare him. Just, you know, I just want to see him get scared. And I'm like, you know, I'll try, you know. So I hear him coming and I'm looking through the hole in this door. And I see two young men walk by down the hallway and behind them, I see my daughter and then another girl. So it's like two couples, right? I wait for the guys to go through and then I stuck my head through and did my thing and they kind of kept walking. So then I flung the door open to go out. And of course my focus is on the guys. I'm not sure which one's her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I know one of them is and you know, I'm going to go after them. So I, I go chasing them down the hall and you know, and I will say he did screech a little and, kind of run backwards to get away but to get to them but you know the hallway's not that wide you've been in it mm -hmm. and i had to kind of slide and go around the two girls to get to them i don't even know how so, you, did you know that as thin as the hallway is it's there's not a lot of room in there and i tell oh. you you learn to stay low and duck because sometimes people when they get scared they they don't mean to but they'll unintentionally like you know try to hit and stuff so i learned to lay low and watch those hands you know <laughs> but anyway i went i really had to swerve around them and they and i went after the guys and you know anyway got them all down the hallway and my partner john set them down to go down the stairs and so i walked down there john knew my daughter was supposed to be coming and mm -hmm. so when i got there they was starting down the stairs and i told john i said that's my daughter there and i said not the one in the back. I said, but the other one that's laughing like a fool just keeps giggling because she was just, she was having a blast. She was laughing. The other girl didn't look like she was having fun though. She looked bored the whole time coming through. She had her she had her hoodie jacket on and pockets in the front. She just had her hands in the pockets and head down. You know, really no reaction of anything at all. Um, so they start to go down the stairs. I turn around and go back down the hall when my daughter come back around. And hugged me and she's like you got him mama and was laughing laughing about it with well, the girl was still behind her so i'm hugging my daughter and i wave at the girl I'm like hi I'm heather's mom and you know then they kind of went on their way so then a couple of days later on the sunday i was visiting with my daughter and we were of course we was talking about them coming through the haunted house and i'm asking them you know did y'all like it did you enjoy yourselves you know did you have a good time and you know, and she was like, yeah, they did. And I was like, well, what about, you know, the other girl? I said, what happened? She didn't seem like she was enjoying herself. I hope she found something in there she enjoyed. And, you know, Heather's like, what girl? Uh, I don't know. Is it the other guy's boyfriend, uh, other guy's girlfriend, I guess? I don't know. And she's like, she said, no, mom, it was just the three of us. This other guy didn't have a girl with him. It was just the three of them. Now, at first, I thought, is she trying to have fun with me, you know, because she already knew I was a little scared in that building, right? And I thought, she's having fun with me. And I was like, oh, okay, really, what's her name? And she's like, no, there's nobody there but us. She said, the only people that she saw in that hallway, because first she's like, was there another group behind us? And I said, no, it wasn't a group. It was just y'all. And so she said the only people she had seen was her, her boyfriend, the guy that was with them, me and then she says and then the other two actors at the end of the hall the guy and the lady mm -hmm. and i'm like what lady well she saw a grown woman dressed in a nurse's outfit that's like a long sound like maybe from like the 90s or so because of the length of the skirt but she said she described her she had auburn colored hair she had this and that and i'm like 
I don't know what you're talking about either. So we're both sitting there looking at each other like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> but so she you... actually got so close to this woman. She had to squeeze around her. And she said they made eye contact. They smiled at each other. Huh. So I saw a young girl that stayed okay. with Heather and she saw a whole nother woman in the corner. So I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So we so, both yeah, come out of there seeing people that weren't there. Yeah. So you, you guys, I, I was going to ask if you, if, if the, well, I knew this story, but I was going to ask if they, uh, you know, were similar looking, but it sounds like they were not. That part I did not no, know. No, from, from our descriptions, they, it, it could have been, this is two separate looking people because what I saw was a, you know, late teen, early 20 girl with a hoodie on and jeans, hoodie up over her head. And I couldn't really make out her face really well because it was just kind of shadowed color. in there. Couldn't tell you because she had that, you know, that hood up, which was. It's possible they could have been the same person. You know, I've thought that it was just maybe we perceived her, you know, in different ways, but I'm not yeah. sure. Or, the girl I saw was that her. in relation to when Sarah, I mean, what Heather saw when she saw. So I don't know, you know, if it was like, if it could have been, I mean, it's possible. But, yeah. you know, we both left that conversation scratching our heads and going, what in the world went on here? So huh. I contacted the security up there and I'm like, I know I'm not crazy. I know I saw, well, I might be crazy, but I know I saw four people in this group. And, you know, it's like, can y'all pull? Well, that hallway didn't have a camera right there. It went out on the other end of the hallway, so you couldn't really see anything there. And I'm like, I know there was a girl with y'all. But to this day, that was kind of the most disturbing thing because forever after that, anytime I was worked in a haunted house and a group would come through, there's times I would wonder, you know, is everybody that I'm seeing, everybody else seeing them? You know, what's <laughs> yeah, going on too. here? Well. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it was just really strange because there was nothing at all about that girl that other than she just she didn't look like she was really having a good time. She just looked like she was just kind of tagging along, which was mm -hmm. that was the only th really thing that looking back that was different about her. But otherwise, I mean, she looked just as real, just as solid, just as there as anybody else. And it just kind of just really blew my mind. And I was <laughs> So I was like, I think I, I'm pretty sure I saw. But, but the thing is, it stayed with my daughter. No matter where she went, this girl was behind her. So I, I mm -hmm. don't know if, if, you know, so that's something we've wondered, too. Is it something, you know, was it some kind of a protective spirit there with her? Or is just something, for whatever reason, lagged along behind her? But I do know when they left there that night, when going back home into Salem, she had a wreck that night. Oh, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> yeah. No, no. She, um. She flipped her Jeep down there in Salem down River Road. Everybody was fine and everything, but it was just kind of added to the whole, you know, did I have anything to do with it or what? And wow. Oh. So, yeah, I was, and then I felt bad because I was like, I, you know, I got her to come up there in the building and did, did something follow her home, you know, mm. but she seemed to be fine. But she saw a, a, a nurse. It was, you know, like 30s or so. And I saw a, a, a much younger girl in jeans and a striped hoodie. Wow. But when she's talking about who she saw, she thought it was one of the actors. Cause she said, she said she had makeup on. I said, what was she dressed like? And she said, well, she had makeup on. She said, not like costume makeup like we had, but just regular makeup. Hmm. So, but since then I've learned, I, I have a theory of who the nurse was because there have been reports of a nurse that, 
haunts there. And what I heard was the nurse committed suicide and that she haunts the place. But I think I don't think I've seen her, but I'm pretty sure I heard her up there before. She tends to come out when people are frightened or scared and she's more mm -hmm. of a calming, you know, keeps you calm, which actually worked with me. Cause it makes sense that, um, cause I don't know, one other night I was up there, I found myself up there alone in the hallway. And at, th at that point, um, you couldn't have paid me money to go anywhere in that building by myself. I didn't know my way around. I didn't know anything about it. And of course it's all decorated for haunted house. So, you know, it's kind of creepy anyway. And we had, it was our last night. And what we would do is, um, after we would close for the night, the, the actors from Major Graham's, where they have their haunted house, they like to, after they would close, they would come down and come through our house. And so we were close to the public, but we would wait for them to come down and come through. And so that's the point we were at, we were closed and we had some time just to kill, waiting for them to get there. So I said, well, I'm gonna run down, you know, and take a little break. And I had like little teen actors up there. And I said, I'm going to leave my stuff here with y'all because they were going to stay up there. And I ran downstairs and then I come back up and I get up there and I go around the corner and I notice it's eerie quiet. There's none of the sounds on. It's just the, the little low lights and the fog and it's really quiet. So immediately I'm, I'm scared because, oh, no, I'm up here by myself and there's nobody to help me if something comes to get me. And. So I had time to register. I'm scared. I want to get my stuff, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to go in there or not. And then I start hearing this singing, this lady singing. And I thought, oh, there's somebody up here. Let me go find them so I'm not alone. So I go walking. And let me tell you, I walked all the way down from my end of the hall, all the way down to where the grand staircase is, and all the way back. And the whole way, I heard that singing. But she never got any closer or any farther away. It was just the same so ended up just stopping in the hallway and trying to figure out what she was singing. And, and I did. I, I got so focused on her, I forgot to be scared anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I was standing there listening to this singing. And then a, one of the other volunteers come up looking for me because we we're going to have a meeting. And as soon as she come up the steps and come around the corner, the singing stopped. And I tell you, I grabbed my stuff and I skedaddled down them stairs. But I, I think that I might have heard this woman singing up there, but I know I heard somebody singing. There was nobody up there. And it was so eerie, but, um, so I you think know, that might've been who she saw. I have, I think I've heard of people seeing that nurse, other people. Have I want to say I could be wrong. I have heard other people say that they've seen her. And I want to say that somebody told me her name was Elizabeth, but I'm not really sure about that. It sounds really familiar. But I'm um, one of the other, it was another person that was a volunteer at the time, coordinate the volunteers. We were talking about it and she's like, yeah, that's all, you know, she said, that's the nurse. She says, were you scared? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, that's why she showed up. She said, she come, showed up to soothe you, make you feel better. And, and I thought about it and I said, you know, it worked because it got me focused on something else. And so I kind of forgot to be scared for a minute. Mm -hmm. But uh, I still didn't want to be by myself anywhere, <laughs> anywhere in that building for a bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that whole hallway up there, actually the whole King Center, I think, is, in my opinion, the most active areas. I've, I've had the most interesting. And it's so sad because that second floor hallway, a lot of people don't investigate up there. And I, and I always try to encourage people because they'll hit the, the main places, you know, the um, 
you know, Jacob's Room, the, mm-hmm. the Alcoholics Ward, all the big name places. But yep. you've got this hall, these areas with these rooms. And, and I tell you, I believe that second floor hallway is definitely one of the most active places. I've had some, some of most of my stories have and encounters have been up in that area. Well, I don't know if you rem- remember the flashlight experience I had. That's where it I happened. do. That's I don't know if you remember. Was it, was it on that hall or was it? Um, I was thinking that was down um, around the electroshock therapy area down in the down in the basement somewhere. You're right, it was in the basement. It was in the basement. Yeah, that, that, but I remember that you did. Place. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's very dark in there. And I remember, I think I you said something about your flashlight and your batteries and all that. I think I probably said welcome to St. Albans because that's yeah. One yep. of the most common things in that place is the batteries will just drain. Like I've actually had my phone drop down to like practically zero from like 90 something. Then I mm-hmm. get off the property and it's fine again. So I don't, I don't mm. know. It's weird. things, things are weird in that building. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, the next question I was going to ask was, uh, have you heard of anyone else seeing the, that same uh, younger girl? I mean, we talked about the nurse, but what about the young girl? We did talk um, about not that I know of, but I mean, I mean, it's possible, but I've never like I've never spoke to anyone. I was like, you know, I saw that girl too. So I mean, I mean, I don't yeah. know. There's been there's so many different things in there, and mm-hmm. I honestly think that that some of the things that are in there maybe did not originate from that building. I think over the years. You know, other things have like come and gone. I know when I was first there, there was a whole lot more. Um, you would see down in the King Center, down in that hallway. It was broad daylight, and I was going through there, and I swear I saw what looked like little kids peeking around the doorway. Mm. You know, I used to see what looked like little, you know, like just little shadows, like dart off, but they were little short ones. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I don't think I've seen one of them in a long time. I mean, many years. So I don't know. I don't know what happened with that, but, um, you know, some things we can pretty much um, pinpoint that originated from the building. But, I mean, really anything could just come and go through there, I think, especially with you know, people come in and investigate and it, um, you know, kind of opens things up more. Maybe they might follow people in there, too. So, But I, I don't think I've never heard of anybody that has had the exact experience like me that thought she was you know, anything like that. I mean, it's possible, but I really don't know. Uh, I, and then I was going to ask if you heard of anything, like any kind of records, like about a young girl being a patient there or anything. Uh, that nurse that you uh, talked about, I actually had heard about a nurse that, uh, that like in the like the 80s or 90s, that something happened to there. It, it, it happened there. And I think it could have been because way Heather um, described her nurse outfit, the length of her skirt, like that three quarter length, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of, you know, back, you know, back then um, they were still wearing a lot of times wearing the skirts. It just made me think of that. But she said that she didn't look like old timey or anything, but, but she did remark that her, that she had on a longer skirt, not, you know, not like ankle length, but below the knees. And a sweater. She said she had a sweater around her. Yeah, they shoulders. had like a navy blue sweater. Or something. Yeah, my mom. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to tell her about that because that was just such a detail. She she said yes, she had a sweater around her. Wow. So yeah, I have I to told tell you her my mom that. worked there. That's the that's the outfit that she wore. 
I mean, I would have asked my yeah. mom about that, but uh, you know how I told you how she is. Uh, she she wouldn't she won't even listen to me. <laughs> she, um, yeah. Some people don't want no part of it. That's no, true. No. Yeah. No. Um. So. Uh, oh yeah, there's only one question left. Um. We lost Jarrett. Yeah, his he texted me. His internet went out, but I, I figured we'd just keep, just keep uh, going on trucking, you know. All right. Why not? We, we've gotten this far. Why start over? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So, have you experienced any other kind of unexplained phenomena other than uh, spirits? A lot of times, I hear that. Uh, People have experienced multiple things. I, I don't know if I've told you, but I may have experienced spirits in my lifetime and a UFO. You know? um, I've experienced, well, my whole family, there was four of us. I actually came and got my husband out of bed one night so he could come witness this. It was me, my, that same daughter, Heather. We were here and my oldest grandson. We were sitting out in my driveway. The International Space Station was supposed to fly over. And we so we're going to sit out there and this was been probably, probably 10 years ago, at least actually probably a little longer. Um, it was, okay. be it was before I was at St. Albans, but, um, so we were sitting out in my driveway, um, waiting to see the space station fly over. Now I'm a big space geek. I have a telescope. I mean, I love just to go out there and, oh, I do too. you know, and look, so, you know, I, I, you know, know what's normal. Well, I was watching and I seen something, like this was in the northern sky, I go over. And my first thought was it was a satellite. And I thought, well, that's an odd satellite. I've never seen one going that direction, that particular. Because satellites, they have the same pattern. You can almost set mm -hmm. your clock by when they're going to come around. And I noticed that. And as I'm watching it, it stopped. And then shot re in reverse, reverse direction went back. And then it started doing all these like um, circles and like, pendulum movements it reminded me i tell you what it reminded me of if you've ever seen a um a male hummingbird when they're showing off of the female mm -hmm. hummingbirds and they'll do all those crazy air. yeah that's what this was doing in the sky but it looked like a star and i thought my eyes is going wonky so i said i just kind of i said heather look up i said what do you, do you see anything up there and she was looking and then both of them noticed it so we sat there watching it and it would like it was like stop and then like shoot off really quick and then reverse direction and come back. I don't know what it was. I'm coming here and I got my husband up, made him go out and look. He saw it. And then it just, it's like it gave us a show and then it went on. And to me, it's a UFO because I certainly can't identify what it was. And um, so I found that intriguing. But as far as like at St. Albans, only thing I, um, I don't even know if it's non-spiritual, you know, spiritual or not, but that same year, that first year up there in that second floor hallway, I was um, in that room where I would hide out in. And I was waiting for the group to come down and get to my area. And the room across from where I was standing in, the door was, it was pulled closed, but not all the way. It was open probably about six or eight inches. So I'm standing there just looking through the hole, kind of just staring down, waiting, you know. And out of this doorway come this ball of light. It looked like a sparkler, you know, like for 4th of July sparkler, but if it's mm -hmm. condensed down into like a ball, and it was like the size of a grapefruit. It was a pretty good size, and it put out its own light, but it, it was about maybe a foot or so off the ground, but it came out of that doorway, come out into the hall, 
And I'm standing looking at like, what on earth am I looking at? And then it stopped. And we just kind of like, I like to tell people, I felt like, like in that M&M's commercial at Christmas time where Santa's there and they both faint because they, they do exist. That's exactly what oh, I yeah, felt yeah, like. Yeah. These things, yeah, these that. things do exist. And, hmm. But it kind of, you know, it was kind of there for a moment and then heard people coming and then it shot off down the hallway. And I thought, well, that was weird. What is that? And um, I think you said it could be something called Will the Wisp, which yeah, it could be. But then at another time, I want to say maybe a year or so later, but it was in the summertime, is me and a couple other volunteers were in the building doing some work. And this was out in the connector hall, a little room off the connector hall. And it looked like coming out of the wall, they, it was like they was coming out of the wall, but they were much smaller. But they were like, like sparklers like that, but they were kind of more of an amber color. But it was like they were just coming out the wall and floating off. And the three of us were standing there looking at it. And I was like, we're all hallucinating in here. I was like, it must be the mold in here or something because we were all seeing this. That's the only time I've seen anything like that. I don't know what they were. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, I'm telling you, the building's odd. You stay in there long enough, you will see some of the strangest things. Hmm. I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know what no, the answers are. Yeah, some, some of these, we should go back and try and record for, a, a, for more stories from you sometime soon. I'll tell you, I got all kinds of them. I, you know, eight years up in there, and it's just, I got a whole night of stories I could tell you on one thing. It, it would be like a, a chapter book. It's a saga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I, an yeah, entire can, night. We can get them from you one at a time till the end of yeah. time, I guess, if you want. <laughs> who knows? Maybe you'll I think uh, it's just um, spent, just spending so much time in there that it just, um, I don't know. It, it's so weird because you get to the point, I've had people before at one point, people's like, man, what's it like being in there and it's scary? And, you know, and it dawned on me, you get in there and you get, it sounds weird, but you kind of get used to it. So like simple mm -hmm. things like footsteps and stuff, it, you know, you're like, oh, it's just, you know, it's like it's almost expected. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that even, that sounds strange, but it's like you just experience that so much that sometimes don't even phase you anymore, you know? Wow. Um, well, hopefully you'll uh, also get some stories from Ingalls Castle. I hope so. I hope so. Um, that, that would be We're amazing. really hoping to save that place. That would be yeah. amazing. I mean, the, we was there, what, at two hours one afternoon, and look at there. <laughs> we we yeah, had an we experience. Got three or four ex experiences, yeah. Um, I'm and I'm wondering excited. if it's not more. Yeah, I'm excited to get seen. Somebody just found a new one just uh, a couple days ago in, in the video. Yeah. So, so I, I was thinking wait. maybe I need to just really sit down and go through and like, you know, really go through it. Like, you you know, you didn't investigate, but maybe go through the audio and stuff and really look close and see. Because I couldn't believe that one from the other day. We had, had that, never that heard that before. Shocking. That was shocking. And it, it, it's plain as day. Now, my husband listened to it and he said to him, it almost sounded like something was like mocking you or something, you know. Because <laughs> I think you had made some kind of a sound before that, and I said, "Well, yeah, I can see that too." But it had to have been something right there on you, because you know the mics weren't working well that day, and whatever it was had to have been right there on you to have been picked up that clearly. And it didn't sound like me. No, no it didn't sound like you. It sounded, it, like, it sounded like something was. Yeah, that's what I, I thought it sounded female. So, 
I don't know. So for those that don't know, Julie is going to, I guess, be leading the the whole uh, um, haunted uh, Ingalls Castle attraction. Oh no, I can't take all the credit by myself. There's a group of us. There, I'm, I'm actually the 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 Johnny come lately. There's there's several that's been there ahead of me, been trying to um, help the owner. Um, it's actually still, you know, part of the Ingalls, you know, descendants of the Ingalls family. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're making we're making plans. We definitely have some things coming up for October. Um, I'm not sure at this point how much will be paranormal related. Um, I'm not sure how comfortable the owner is with that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, they're, I think they're like, like quite religious and everything. And, um, you know, they have, and, and I can see their point in a way because what you really don't want is people to come in there because the more people come in there and do that stuff, sometimes it'll, you know, we don't want it to turn into, you know, it's got kind of a good vibe right now and a good feel. I, I definitely feel like there's a female in that house, but she felt welcoming to me. Um, I don't know about that back staircase. I felt like I was somewhere I didn't belong yeah, and I got out of there real quick. Off about that. Yeah, that's the only place in that entire property that I, I had a feeling like, and I did, I felt like I was somewhere I didn't belong and I got down those steps and I was trying to find y'all and I was <laughs> looking for y'all and I went down, the, I thought I'm going to go down those stairs and I would really like to put a recorder or something in there and just to see, you know, what happens. But, um, but yeah, you just—that's just something we're still kind of working on. It's you know, it's it's nothing definitive yet. But um, he doesn't. I think he's open to having like um, you know, like groups come in and maybe have retreats and stuff like that. But um, right now I don't think he doesn't seem like he's real super comfortable with, you know, like just people coming in and you know have to kind of sit down come up with some rules and stuff that that he would be happy with it's really up you know it's really up to the owner but we're yep. definitely going to be having tours at some point and we want to um you know we want the place to be you know a big part of the community and it's just you know how do we get there from here mm-hmm. and right now right now she needs a roof so that's our number one goal is to um we're planning fundraisers to to get to get the raise the funds for a roof. It's a slate roof. It's going to be a lot of money to replace it. Mm. So we, but, um, so yeah, there's, um, we have a, a school teacher who's a history teacher and his wife, her, she's a photographer and an artist. And I think, I think she teaches too, but I'm not sure about that. And then there's a, another young fellow who's local. He's a architect and he's been working with the owner for a few years with some of the restorations they had already done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a la- another lady. She's into the historical stuff, and we've gone had meetings with several other people that are um, basically the, in the same situation. They have um, property that's been handed down for hundreds of years, and, and um, trying to find ways, you know, to adapt it to a modern society and preserve these places so that they don't, you know, come in. Nobody comes in and tears them down and. Mm-hmm you know, and then you lose them to history because especially with that Ingalls stuff, it's such a, a big part of the history of that area, mm-hmm. that family with the ferry and all that and stuff. And um, so, yeah, we've, we've got our work cut out for us, I think, but it's not, um, I'm excited. You know, I'll tell you, I'm going to be happy when the day I can pull up in there and see a, a crew up on the roof 
fixing the roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we've got, we've got some good plans coming up. Um, nothing I can really put out there publicly yet. Okay. But stay tuned. Well, stay uh, tuned. thanks. Yeah. Well, thanks a ton for coming on and share and letting us interview you and share all this stuff. And well, Jared says he's sorry that he got uh, his internet went out, but I think it, it's dang Jared. Fine. We missed you, man. <laughs> yeah, I think it all went fine. Um, I think and, so. Um, and uh, seemed like there was again. some. No, I think we went. You're there, welcome. Man. Thanks for having me. I was a little nervous because. I mean, I've, like you interviewed me before, but it was just over, just over yeah, the phone. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it was more of a just tell your story type thing, I guess. You know? But yeah, yeah, first ever interview. Hope you guys liked it. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments and uh, make sure to like, subscribe and share it out. Thanks again, Julie. Thank you for having me. Y'all take care.